the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. There's something called Berkshire Hathaway Letters to Investors. And they're worth reading. I will recommend you Google Berkshire Hathaway Letter to Investors. And it's Warren Buffett's writings. There's a guy named Ron Mullenkamp. Last name spelled M-U-H-L-E-N-K-A-M-P. It's worth taking a look at what this guy said in the past. I want to start with Warren Buffett, first and foremost. He's been around, and he's the most successful investor of all time, that you'll hear people like LeBron James say, I want to be like Michael Jordan, be like Mike. That was a big thing at one point in time. I don't know why. I thought he was a bit of a ball hog. <laughs> Controversy. <laughs> but you could write down some of the things that Warren Buffett says and. Some of them you just got to be subtle with. And I want you to be wealthy, financially speaking and emotionally speaking. Most people won't ever be wealthy because, quite simply, they put too much emphasis on saving and not enough money, uh, not enough emphasis on earning. Saving is crucial to building wealth, but you don't want to focus just on that. You want to figure out how to earn more money. Um, you'll probably never be wealthy if you haven't started investing you're already at the point in time where you're not thinking about it and you're putting it off. So you're going to continue to do that is my best expectation. Uh, a lot of people are content with a steady paycheck. Average people choose to get paid based on time on a steady salary or hourly rate, while rich people choose to get paid based on results, and they're typically self-employed. You'll probably never be wealthy if you buy things you can't afford. If you've bought a new car and you haven't maxed out your 401k, you'll probably never be wealthy. Um, and if you keep doing things like that, you'll probably never be wealthy. 
So don't buy a luxury watch, a luxury car, until you've got multiple sources of income set up. Uh, there was a woman named Nancy who, when I was 17 or 18, gave me her Toyota. I want to say it was a Camry. I don't know. It's it, It's been a while. And uh, she said, I'll give it to you for free if you promise to run it till it doesn't run anymore. And I said, I promise. And it ran for another 100,000 plus miles. Um, and I did, I did finally sell it for like $100 or $200. It had no air conditioning, but I didn't have a car payment for all of my 20s. And that was pretty darn awesome. It stunk to be on a date because you'd have to bring on the East Coast. There's things, something called humidity. And you'd have to bring like a separate shirt. So you'd pick up your date, you'd change your shirt before she met you, or you'd go to an office meeting with two shirts. But I didn't have, I was able to save. You'll probably never be wealthy if you're living someone else's dreams. I think that's pretty amazing, pretty awesome. I personally never ever wanted to work for someone. And when I do, I put myself in a situation where I get editorial control. I love what I do. As I'm getting older, I can see a day where I don't as much. Um, but I don't want to pursue someone else's dreams. My performance and my compensation would reflect someone else's dreams, not my own. you got to learn how to live outside your comfort zone physically, psychologically, and emotionally. You have to become a world-class thinker. You have to be comfortable while operating in a state of uncertainty if you ever want to get, become wealthy. Uncertainty is not a bad thing. Discomfort's not a bad thing. And if you think they are, you'll get what you settle for. You need to have goals. You need, one of your goals needs to be a million dollars for retirement. One of your goals needs to be, I want a second home. One of your goals needs to be, I want to fund my kid's college. One of your goals should be, um, I want to spend my golden years traveling the world with my spouse. If you spend first and save what's left over, you'll never be wealthy. Most people do that. They spend paycheck to paycheck. Um, a lot of people don't say, I'm going to save 15% of my paycheck and I'll spend what is ever is left over. And you'll never be wealthy if you think getting rich is out of your reach. Um, that's pretty darn true. Now let's talk about a guy who got rich, Warren Buffett. One of his rules, rule number one, was never lose money. Rule number two was don't forget rule number one. When it comes to picking stocks, you better be damn sure you know what you're doing. And it's okay to lose paper valuation. Let's say you buy Disney at 115 because all the Star Wars movies are coming out. And then it dips, and you're like, there's 10 years of Star Wars movies coming out. And then it dips to 95, and you've lost paper money, but you haven't lost real money. Does the same reason hold true that all the Star Wars movies and all the Avenger movies are still coming out and the Frozen sequels and they make money oh my god did they make money on the Frozen princesses and the dresses um, and the merchandising and they tell companies like Coca-Cola you want us to sell your product at Disney World, Disneyland, give it to us for free and then they sell it to you and me for five bucks, ten bucks pop so never lose money if you bought it at 115 and it goes to 95 and you sell it you just lost money if all the reasons you bought it are still true, be patient. 
if you're in retirement, there's a different set of roles for you because you may not have time for it to recover. Warren Buffett once said, in a bull market, one must avoid the error of the preening duck that quacks boastfully after a torrential rainstorm, thinking that its paddling skills have caused it to raise, rise in the world. A right-thinking duck, duck would instead compare its position after the downpour to that of all the other ducks in the pond. So when the stock market's going up, 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 and your portfolio's going up, 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 don't brag. Everyone's portfolio's going up. Don't get cocky, don't get arrogant, don't think I'm the smartest guy in the world. Everyone is. And when you buy real estate and it goes up, 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 and everyone else's is going up, 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 did you really get ahead? No. You're ahead of the people that didn't buy stocks or real estate. But you have to live somewhere. Another thing Warren Buffett said was the fact that people will be full of greed, fear, or folly is predictable. The sequence is not predictable. The fact that people will be full of greed, fear, or folly is predictable. The sequence is not predictable. I saw a quote the other day on Wall Street. And it was fantastic because ultimately what it said was um, just because things are higher, they don't have to make sense. And a lot of people try to make sense out of everything, and that's a mistake to do. You're not going to figure out why we're higher, and when you're fearful, the market will be higher, and when you're greedy, the market will be lower. So you always want to be greedy when others are fearful, and you always want to be fearful when others are greedy, but you always want to, in my opinion, you want to have money in the game. As long as you have time to recover, yeah, maybe when things are hitting all-time highs, you're selling some of your winners and buying some more of your quote-unquote losers. I believe that to be true in mutual funds and ETFs. In individual stocks, I would never buy more losers. Individual stocks buying more losers, it's already a loser. Yeah. But again, keep in mind, this is a really wide discussion. And like, for instance, if Disney goes down and you're buying more Disney, that's a great thing in my mind. But you'll figure this all out. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I brought up a basic concept of, and I'll talk a little bit more about this. What I would refer to as best of breed, dominant franchises. Um, fear is a potent part of success or failure on Wall Street. Fear, if you look at it on the Serengeti, you know, a whiff of trouble, insight stampedes. Investors get spooked by short-term issues such as earnings misses, they'll bail early, underestimating solid businesses. Um, and that's, you know, why I like to pounce when 
there's a good stock on sale. So I like to keep a list of good stocks. I refer to them sometimes best of breed. I think you could look at Nike. could be added to the list easily. I talk about that on a regular basis. Facebook, um, Amazon, Netflix. If you could only own one broadcasting company right now, I, I think it should be Netflix. I think they're a best of the breed. I think they're representing uh, future ways of watching media. Now, do you pay the full price for it? No, you look for it on sale. And it's been on sale already this year. So Facebook is one of the companies that I like to talk about. You're looking for companies where our CEOs stay for a long time. Detractors on Facebook say competition for eyeballs is increasing as visual social networks such as Snapchat and Vine attract more ad dollars. Um, Over the years, a lot of applicants um, and apps and startups have come to the market and Facebook continues to stay superior. There's a a video game platform called Twitch that Amazon bought where you could actually watch people play video games. Believe it or not, it's pretty addictive. Um, And again, you don't have to necessarily go out and spend the $60, but you can see all the technology and what it looks like. The average U.S. adult spends about 22 minutes a day or half of his or her social network time on Facebook. Um, I've seen Facebook not ruin relationships, but kind of ruin people's lives in the sense that they just lose productivity. And it's that's like watching TV. You lose productivity watching TV, you lose productivity watching playing with Facebook. As digital advertising takes share from traditional print and television ads, Facebook stands to add to its less than 1% market share of the $750 billion global advertising market. So they are getting a very small part of the global advertising budget, even though they're representing growth inside of media. So I think you should take a look at Facebook. Do I think you should buy it? I, I think it's cheap on an intrinsic value level. I don't think it's cheap on a stock market level. I think the free cash flow growth is stunning. And that's something I look for. Um, I like Amazon. Amazon's brand, its scale, its tech platform, its logistics, its CEO. Um, You look back on it, you know, Jeff Bezos has been there from the beginning. A decade ago, e-commerce counted for about 2% of overall retail. The long-term secular trend is in the early stages of of changing that, though. Um, Amazon Web Services, it's got annual revenue approaching $10 billion. That's amazing. That's almost as large, it could be as large as its core retail franchise. Amazon's going to increase its free cash flow at twice the rate of the average competitor, or 20% annually over the next five years. It's a great franchise. Visa, cash is not king. Swipes are king. And not swipes like tender swipes, but swipes like swipe your credit card. Um, and I think that bodes well for Visa and MasterCard. I like them both. Uh, to put it in context, about 55% of dollar volume and 85% of transactional volume of some $40 trillion in global personal consumption expenditures is still paper-based. Visa's 60% share of electronic payments, or about 10% of global spending. It's There's a huge growth opportunity ahead. So 
Visa's payment volume has run at about 9 to 11%, given its vast network of card-issuing banks. Payment penetration is low, electronic payment penetration. Visa's free cash flow growth over the next five years is in the low teens. Um, I like Visa. I like it at these levels, and I buy it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years as a franchise. What about the companies that are going to disrupt them? Hey, hey, boo-boo. Not a bad question. Um, they invest in a lot of companies that could potentially disrupt them. Monster Beverage is a company that I look at. I think it's a terribly well-run global beverage company. Um, if you take a look at key ingredients, if you take a look at distributors, it's become clear that the energy drinks generate attractive profits, and there's high barriers to entry. If you don't remember, Coca-Cola came out with full throttle. PepsiCo came out with amp energy. If I didn't tell you that, you probably couldn't remember it. Coke can full throttle uh, recently and essentially exited the market in favor of a 16.5% stake in Monster, which I think they'll eventually own it all. AMP is out there, but it's just not taken off. So the two leaders in energy drinks are Monster and Red Bull, and they have half the $42 billion global energy drink market. So Monster Energy Drinks, on average, sell at about a 60% discount to Red Bull. So they appeal to the cost-conscious consumer. With that assist from Coca-Cola, Monster has gained access to China, Russia, India, and Nigeria. I think um, shares can move higher. So I think they're a best-of-breed type company. So I think you should also pay attention to Oracle. It's... A lot of competition. I like Salesforce.com as the growth name, but I think Oracle is the staple. Um, the tech giant has been late to cloud computing. Uh, there's a lot of competitors out there like Amazon and Workday. Um, these products were, you know, years in the making, you know, Fusion applications, but they're beginning to bear fruit with sales up 40% for Oracle, $735 million. Revenue from cloud services is a small piece of Oracle's $38 billion pie. This is a company that is not going to move fast, so you have to be patient. It's got 11,000 so- um, software as a system, software as a service, excuse me, customers. 11,000 software as a service customers, 942 of which added in the late- latest quarter new services. Over the next five years, the, ex- uh, the expectation is for Oracle's free cash flow growth rate to be in the high single digits. Um, it's got a dividend yield, so it's kind of like a Microsoft type of play, where it's not sexy, it just makes a lot of money. So take a look at some of those names in those franchises. Maybe they'll help your portfolio. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Got an event coming up, Income in Retirement. You can sign up for it in Burlingame at robblackshow.com.
Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, autopilot got a big boost. Tesla announced fully self-driving cars. And this is one of those stories that I want you to think about a little bit. And initially, a lot of people are like, I don't, why do we need a self-driving car? Um, well, deaths of teenagers are on the rise because they're texting. First. Second, how about if I cut your insurance rates by 50%? Woo! Um, there'll be issues, no doubt about it. I think the biggest issue that has been addressed so far is what if your car is poised with two, two options? Run into the car in front of you at incredibly high speeds, thus likely killing you, the driver, or be veer into a sidewalk-killing 10-year-old children. What will your car do? Good question, right? So Tesla said the new um, technology is going to cost about $8,000. So way above the current 3000 So they want the theoretical lead in fully autonomous cars. What's interesting is you're not legally allowed to drive them yet. They're still very much so in beta. So, but Musk wants fully autonomous level five cars, which doesn't require any driver involvement. Something Google, Ford, Volvo are all looking at by 2021. Musk is upset with the with uh, media telling people, you know, you're focusing on one or two car accidents so far with autopilot that has killed someone, and you're ultimately killing people. People are going to die because you, the media, are sensationalizing this. It's a good point. So it's what we do in media. Um, one thing I want to talk about briefly is Social Security. This is one of those stories that's out there. Oh, and by the way, we're in earnings season. I should mention that on a pretty regular basis because I think it makes for drama. But Social Security, take it at 62 or take it at 66, 67, depending on your age, when you can get full uh, benefits. Uh, there's no one-size-fits-all. So you take it, ultimately, if you're disabled and can't work. More than 8.8 million people collected disability benefit from Social Security because they've had to stop working due to an injury. You take it maybe because you're sick, health problems, chronic illness, or shorter life expectancy than most people. Um, waiting gives you a bigger check, but if you don't make it past 70, you lose as far as should you have taken it earlier or later. So, and you can take it if no one depends on your benefits. If you're single or you're the lower earning half of a couple, if no one is planning on using your benefit after you're gone and you need the income or don't want to drain your savings and don't wait to file. So those are just some ideas. i got a big event coming up in November. Uh, one is going to be a lunchtime event. Very limited seats for that. So sign up sooner rather than later. Um, and that's going to talk to a lot of retirees. Uh, then the evening event is Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. You can sign up in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Uh, lunch is provided for the lunch event. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, host of Focus on Wealth, heard daily from noon to one on this very station. Mr. Burton, you are a CFP. 
one of the things you do are financial plans. And when you retire, you should have a financial plan worked up. Um, one of the things I think that pe- confuses people is how much stocks versus bonds should I have? Because there's old rules of thumb and there's new rules of thumb, but there's also dynamic situations where, you know, people can throw that scenario still out the window. Yeah. You know, the 60, 40 stock to bond and pull out three to 4% per year. Mm, if you've got too much money or too little money, like that may not be right for you. No, like I've said before, what you do is you have, you know, three years worth of portfolio draws in cash and you have your allocation that, you, you take your dividends and interest from that, and then you pull off growth to replenish what you've spent, and that over time will equal typically a 4 to 5% draw rate. Same time, if you're super wealthy, you could have three to five years worth of expenses in cash, and everything in stocks, if you can handle the volatility, as long as you don't sell when there's a big decline. So it's, it's different for everybody. Um, the typical allocation that I see for most retired people that you know take a risk tolerance in-depth questionnaire and then they have enough assets to actually retire three years worth of expenses in cash and the rest in typically a 55 45 stock bond split okay. or 65 35 um, if you're doing much less than 50 percent or so in stocks you better hope you have a lot of money because your fixed income isn't going to be earning a lot in the next five years now with you know we go through interest rate periods that are low interest rate periods that are higher more normalized does the strategy change well, I mean, here's the deal. We we think about the stock market and everything is returning to the mean, right? And I don't know. It's in theory that when the stock market has, I mean, it's averaged 11% for the last 100 plus years. Um, but the longer you deal with a low period of interest rate environment, you know, the mean actually ends up coming down after after a while. So, you know, an average fixed income portfolio would have earned five to six percent if you would have run those numbers prior to the year 2006. Do you ever get worried that, you know, you said we always return to the norm, but you hear economists, you hear market strategists say, you know, we're going to be in prolonged low interest rates for a long, it's going to be the new norm. Like we're going to have to continue to do quantitative easing three as every time we four, five, six, whatever it is, right. um, that we're going to always going to have to come back to these policies because when you start raising rates, people won't be normalized. They won't find them normal. They'll find them super high. Yeah. I mean, that's the issue is that the, are these economies going to get addicted to quantitative easing? If you look at the stock market chart, every time some sort of level of quantitative easing was announced, yeah, big, uh, big, big jump in the stock market. Every time that quantitative easing period ended, there was a decline. There was a correction of usually around seven to 8%, then another announcement of a continuation and then another uptick in the market. That- so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a real issue that we have to be concerned about. And the good thing about low interest rates is that it helps the stock market. That's fair if you're in the stock market. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, if you have an under allocation to stocks, you're hurting. Right. I'm with you. Um, as far as having enough stocks versus bonds, um, do you tend to skew for your clients more towards value or is it it depends on scenario? Yeah, I mean, like I've said before, I like dividend growth model of companies that have a history of raising their dividend year over year. Um, but we also look at things like growth and revenue. So I'm not looking for high-yield stocks. If a stock has 1% yield but a history of raising their dividend, yeah. it, um, and it looks like you know strong free cash flow and everything else, it's gonna it can make the portfolio. So it's not about yield. I think investing for yield yeah. for the high dividend will make your stock portfolio way too sensitive to interest rate re- movements. I like growth and income. I like the combination of the two. 
Are you just using a Bloomberg terminal to screen for histories of dividend increases? And yeah, yeah, we can we can create a screening list that looks at uh, you know companies with yields over one percent. Over so we don't like to trade small cap stocks. We let the funds yeah. do that if we're going to get small cap exposure. Um, so we have you know quite a few factors that go into the screen. It narrows the stock universe down to about 250 companies that make that screen, and then we try to diversify among the different sectors. Okay. Anything else we need to know about this topic, or is that about it? No, I do. I think that people just need to be aware of of the volatility that's going to be in their portfolio if they're taking more risk and they're using stocks for the yield. And rather than panic and feel like you have to sell when there's a 10, 15, 20% correction, you need to take a breath and relax and say, is this company still increasing their dividends? If they are, don't sell. Um, unless there's something fundamentally that's going to affect their free cash flow, kick back and say, okay, I'm going to get paid to wait. Last thought, would you prefer that people be in ETFs that have dividends, or would you prefer individual stocks that have dividends? Most people should just be in ETFs. I mean, you're, you're seriously, you're paying, you know, six-tenths of 1% in many cases to have a very diversified approach to to these stocks. And when I got into the business, most mutual funds were charging over 1%. Yeah. And so it's almost free to invest these days. CFP Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Snoopy, come in here. Please sit down. You're fired. MetLife has fired Snoopy. U.S. insurance giant. Took away his dog food. Took away his bowl. Took away Linus's blanket took away the advice stand from Lucy they're fired the peanuts gang fired eh <laughs> a gang hey we're a gang so MetLife said they're launching a new global brand and it won't be, have room for the world famed cartoon characters they brought in Snoopy over 30 years ago to make their company more friendly and approachable during a time when insurance companies were seen as cold and distant. They've got great respect for those iconic characters. But their focus is on the future, and their future is all about blue and green colors together. So that's right, ladies and gentlemen. You, too, can be fired. If Snoopy can be fired, you can be fired. Man, do you ever watch those commercials? T-Mobile commercials and the AT&T and the Verizon and the T-Mobile girl's really cute and the Verizon girl's really cute and then you find out they're really like models but they dress them down and you're like, whoa, why are they dressing them down? Uh, well, T-Mobile was fined $48 million over slowing unlimited data plans. Basically, the FTC says, you don't know what unlimited is. If you have to slow it, it's not unlimited. Wow. This is the first time the agency's gone after the limits of unlimited plans. Find AT&T $100 million last year for misleading customers on the mechanics of its unlimited plans. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's talk about some of the top stories of the day. I'm always fascinated by what's moving the markets and why. Um, and you know, I, I just told you that Snoopy got fired. And part of my point there was that, you know, insurance companies... 30 years ago, wanted to look warm and friendly because they weren't perceived as warm and friendly. So how do they do it? They act like they're warm and friendly by having cartoon characters. And that just shows me the level of how stupid we really are as a nation and how businesses market. They kind of assume we're that kind of stupid. So markets opened slightly higher and they went lower. Uh, pretty much so across the board. Gold's lower, silver's lower. The 10-year treasury's at 1.74%. Dow's lower, SP 500 lower, NASDAQ lower. They're all lower. Um, it's not calamity. It's not, you know, blood, 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 death. Um, but after the third debate, we are starting to see where we feel about, you know, the elections. It looks, you know, from not me, but from polls and from people out there that Hillary Clinton won all three debates. Um, and if you look at the social media reports on it, 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 it's pretty nasty. This is not a nice and kind uh, election season in any way, shape, or form. And for the better part of an hour last night, Trump looked like he was pretty presidential and he didn't say anything you know, incredibly uh, aggressive. Uh, he didn't say anything that could cause people to you know, get on a tweet storm. But that all fell apart. Trump doesn't think the independent estimate on his economic plan will increase the deficit and debt by $6 trillion over the next 10 years is correct because he said economic growth will be much, much higher than almost all economists think possibly. I just, sometimes when he's talking, he, just, he honestly sounds like he's talking like a 10th grader. Um, when he says much, economic growth will be much, much higher than almost all economists think possible. That's pretty, oof. Trump said that he won't touch Social Security or Medicare, and he will increase military spending, and he get basically huge hikes in our deficit. He called for repealing Obamacare, which he repeated last night, in which uh, would increase the deficit. And the formula noted, um, you know, everything that it's everything that every candidate, both candidates are proposing right now, is increasing federal borrowing. Um, so one of the things about Bill Clinton, one of the reasons we had a surplus was because when he got into office, one of the things he did was he created a brand new tax on everyone's paycheck, the Social Security tax. So suddenly every paycheck in the United States was paying 3.8% more to the federal government. That's a lot. Um, on the business side and then on the personal side, that's a lot of money coming in for Social And again, is it needed? Sure. Uh, Social Security is a little bit on the wonky side, to say the least. Um, so other news out there today that's of note. Uh, oh, real quick. Um, I did want to mention this ever so slightly. Uh, 
as far as the social media last night, Donald Trump tops Twitter and uh, Facebook. Trump was involved in about 59% of conversations on Twitter, as well as 56% of Facebook chatter. I didn't see this, but I heard he had a news conference on Facebook live before he went on the debate, which to me sounds pretty cool. Um, again, the way that we're getting content out there, other than, I mean, you had to turn on a traditional network last night um, to see the debate, or you could have jumped on Facebook and seen him talk about what he was going to talk about um, uh, prior to him talking about it. Top tweeted moments were tied over negative issues like sexual assault allegations, his refusal to say he would accept election results, conversations about Russian espionage, him calling Hillary Clinton a puppet, or actually she called him a puppet, and he was like, wrong, you're the puppet. Um, when asked if Putin would be his new best friend if he attended the Miss Universe pageant, he denied the debate that he even knew uh, Putin. <laughs> it's, it's just a weird election, right? Like... I'm just I'm throwing down that the big winner last night, once again, Facebook and, and uh, Twitter. Uh, the moments that are capturable are pretty dramatic as far as slivers go. U.S. claims for unemployment benefits rose by 13,000. The number of Americans seeking unemployment benefits hit the highest level in five weeks, which sounds bad, but it's still near 43-year lows. That's pretty good. Tesla announced fully self-driving cars. Um, shares are sliding on that news. Um, it's $8,000 for the hardware, um, and Tesla just got a, taken a, you know, a massive lead in getting that first fully autonomous car, and I think with Apple dropping out of the car issue, um, getting to a full level of five autonomy is something that um, Elon Musk really wants to do. Home sales rose more than forecast amid less competition. NAR, the National Association of Realtors, says sales of existing homes rose 3.2% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 5.4 million. That's the highest since June. Uh, the institutional investors who bought up homes in recent years have continued to rent them out rather than putting them on the market. So inventories are very lean. Um, they're about 5.6 months right now. Uh, home builders have not aggressively stepped up construction. So housing, there's not going to be a lot of supply. So prices could be awkwardly sticky high. Wells Fargo has announced a California criminal probe. Um, Attorney General Kamala Harris, who Obama once referred to as attractive, and then he instantly regretted that. Um, it's kind of piling on right now. State regulators, state regulators are jumping in and doing what they can to see if they can't, you know, get some electoral votes and uh, you know, election sound bites per se. Uh, good news, unbanked households are at a record low in the United States. Good. People should have money at banks. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.